Let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. And I'm going to pick right up where Sheila Walsh left off. We're talking about Matthew 11:28 and the yoke of Jesus, Y-O-K-E of Jesus. And I'm reading out of a New King James Version here. This Bible is one of those heavy ones. I could defend myself with it. Amen. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Everybody say, sounds good to me. Rest for your soul. And then he said this about his yoke, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light in juxtaposition to sin. Sin is not easy. And its burden is heavy, not light. Amen? The way of the transgressor is hard. For the follower of Jesus, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Lord, we just thank you today for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to us. And I pray your word will come alive. Because, Lord, I'm looking at people and people are watching and we live in a country where rest within, rest in the soul is desperately needed. So, Lord, I pray this word goes far and wide, beginning right here, and help us as a church body to experience the rest of Jesus in our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Give a shout-out to your neighbor and tell him, perk up and listen, this is going to be good. Amen. And hello to everybody watching from home. Good to have you there in your living room. And I know you're in your pajamas and drinking a cup of coffee or whatever it is you do. And I'm just asking you to pray that uh, the Holy Spirit will uh, tell you whether or not it's time to come back to church. Now, if you can't come, I understand. I fully get it. Some of you shouldn't come yet. But for those of you that are strong and healthy, it's so easy to begin enjoying church in the comfort of your home, but it's not the same as being with people with skin on them. Amen? So pray about it. Ask the Holy Ghost what to do. Now, these are some of Jesus' best-known words, some of his most popular words. Most people, if you quoted this, they could tell you who said it. But now I want you to notice, first of all, that Jesus is speaking to the lost and the found. Now, I believe primarily what we read was aimed at the lost, but it's also aimed at the found. Um, These words from Jesus instantly caught the ear of his listeners because he spoke right to what they were experiencing and how they were living. They were weary. They, a lot of them felt empty. They were tired with doing life. And so when Jesus said, I want you to come unto me, those of you who are weary and heavy laden, well, almost anybody can respond to that, weary and heavy laden. And so he had them right there. If you're weary, if you're feeling tired and you're heavy laden, come unto me. Isn't that interesting? Come unto me. Most people couldn't say that. Hey, if you're tired, come to me. If you're weary, come to me. But Jesus said, I'm talking to the weary and the heavy laden, and I want you to come to me. If you want inner rest, not outer, but inner, inward, rest for your soul, I'm your answer, I'm your guy. Come unto 
me. So it spoke to the lost, but it also spoke to the found because Christians can lose sight of the promises of God and sink back into what Jesus is describing. He was describing the futility of life without a God focus. And I've been pastoring long enough to know, and I've walked with the Lord long enough to know, that the, the, the lost, you can guarantee they're weary and heavy laden. But Christians sink right back into that as well. When you lose your God focus, you become weary and you become heavy laden. And Jesus knew that the lost were under the curse of the fall. It's very important that we have a, a, a biblical worldview, that we see the world through the Bible, not through what we hear on Oprah or Dr. Phil or People Magazine, but we see the world like the Bible sees the world. And the Bible says that man has fallen. We have fallen. When Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit and disobeyed God, man fell. And when man fell, he fell into not only spiritual death and ultimately physical death, but also into a futility of life. That's what the Bible says. It is the burden of life without God. And there's a futility to it. If you don't walk with God and have a God focus, there is a monotony to life when you're doing life without God. Man, a backslidden King Solomon wrote very bitter words about this when he describes the monotony of earthly labor that only seems to circle back and come to the very same place. He said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Everything I try, it returns to vanity. There is a futility to life when you try to do life without God. See, I don't know how people are doing it these days. I really don't, without God. Because if you don't have life with God, if you're trying to do life without God, your whole focus is this way. And when your focus is this way, what do you see? You see pain, sorrow, despair, anger. I thank God that every day that I wake up, I've got to focus this way. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. The Bible says, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But see, when all you have is, when you're living life without God, all you've got is this focus right here. And it's depressing and it's discouraging and it will lead you to despair. So Jesus is saying to the weary and the heavy laden, I want you to have a God focus. And I want you to start by coming unto me. Don't live a life of vanity, vanity, all is vanity. I go to work, I come home, I feed the kids, I pay the bills, I watch a little TV, I go to bed, and then I get up the next morning and do the very same thing. Vanity, vanity, what is it all for? Where is it all leading? Why am I here? Who am I? And Jesus answers all those questions. And listen, the answer begins with, come unto me. Conversely, those that do know the Lord, but they get out of prayer, they get out of fellowship, they get out of time in the word, the same kind of numbing monotony can get back into your life when you lose that God focus. See, I know so many believers, they, they're saved, but they don't really live with a God focus. They live this way but not this way. See, I can't do life unless I'm doing it this way. If I was trying it this way and, and all I knew was what I'm seeing with my natural eyes and experiencing in, in the natural life, it would shoot me down in a day. 
But I wake up and I say, good morning, Lord. And I get into the word of God and I set my focus on things above, not on things of the earth. For I am dead and my life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen? A lot of people are saved. Listen, they've got a ticket to fly when the rapture happens. But they're not walking closely with the Lord in this life. And this is where I want to take this message today. Because Jesus is going to talk about putting his yoke on us and learning from him. So, so here, here's the deal. You can be saved but do life without God still. If you, don't, if you don't get spiritually mature and you don't obey what the Bible says, put him first, seek him first, get in the word, gather the manna every day, draw near unto him, and he'll draw near unto you. If you don't live that way, then you can almost live like an atheist Christian or like a Christian atheist. You're saved, but you're not doing life with God. You've still got this focus, and God wants all of us to wake up in the morning and have this focus. Come unto me, not just once, not just twice, but come unto me every day. Come unto me every morning. Come unto me all day long. When you're doing life without God, you're like that proverbial hamster on the hamster's wheel. He's running with all of his might, but he's not getting anywhere. At the end of the day, he's tired and he looks behind him. He says, I didn't get anywhere. I ran all day, but I didn't get anywhere. See, you still wind up empty when you do life without God. This is why Solomon said it life without God, it that's the preposition life without God is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. Trying to do life without God is meaningless. Even if you're a believer, if you don't add, if you don't bring Jesus into every hour of every day, there is a meaninglessness to life. There's a futility and a monotony to it. But thank God, Jesus takes us into that fourth dimension of living where we are full of the spirit, full of God, full of purpose, full of meaning, full of life. Amen. Can we thank the Lord for that today? And Jesus called this kind of mind-numbing living, life without God, he called it being heavy laden. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. But not just physical labor, also mentally, also emotionally. Come unto me, all you who labor mentally and emotionally and are heavy laden in your mind. Come unto me. We live in a very mentally an emotionally taxing world, do we not? I mean, it is mentally and emotionally. I think that's more of a heavy laden than anything physical. People are tired. A recent survey revealed some things. This is amazing. This was recent. It revealed that 57% of Americans say that stress is literally paralyzing them. 57%, one out of two. I am not just stressful, I'm paralyzed by stress. More than 44% of Americans surveyed feel that their stress levels have increased in the last five years. I guarantee you they've increased in the last four months. 86%, this one got me, 86% of children said their parents' stress level was a source of concern for them. Children were concerned about their parents because their parents' stress level was so high. Instead of parents concerned about the kids, the kids are concerned about the parents. We live in an emotionally heavy-laden world. Mentally, it's heavy-laden. We're heavy-laden. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy-laden. Approximately 45% of teenagers surveyed say they're under stress constantly. 
And you couple all this with the isolation and the anxiety brought on by COVID, and Americans are feeling emotionally weary and heavy laden. But good news. I got good news. I didn't come to preach you down. I came to preach you up. There is good news. Jesus says, are you emotionally, are you physically laboring and weary, and are you heavy laden? Jesus said, here's the answer. Come unto me. Come unto me. So first of all, let's look at it. He said, come unto me. When all else fails, follow directions. Amen? And Jesus said, everything else is going to fail. Everything else is going to fail when you're trying to take care of feeling uh, labored and heavy laden by life. You can try to drink it away, smoke it away, shoot it away, snort it away, think it away, deny it away, but you're not going to get rid of it until you come unto him. And coming to him, he says, here's what you got to do. Not just say that I'm there. It's not just a matter of saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. But here's what he said. If you want rest in your soul, how many of you want rest in your soul? Have you noticed that rest in your soul beats physical rest? Because when you're at rest in your soul, you're at rest everywhere. But you can get all kinds. You can sleep all day, days on end, but still not feel rested because on the inside, you're not rested in your soul. Jesus went straight to the core and crux of the problem. He said, I'm not going to give you physical rest. I'm going to give you rest in your soul, your suke, your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'm going to give you rest within. And he said, if you want that rest within, come unto me, and then you got to do this. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. He said, come unto me and take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, I've got a picture I want to put up here of what a yoke is. So they're going to put it up there real quickly. And um, there it is real quickly. I'm not the yoke. Okay. Well, all right. We don't have the yoke. I had a yoke of, with an oxen and a donkey. Okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to tell you what a yoke is. A yoke is a wooden bar. You know what a yoke is. We've seen it. A yoke is a wooden bar or frame by which two animals are joined at the heads or the necks for working together. That's what a yoke is. A yoke, listen, is for two. A yoke is not for one. That's a harness. A yoke is for two. And you yoke two animals together so that they can work together. A yoke inseparably joins two things, okay? So to be yoked to Jesus is to be side by side with him. Very important. Jesus said, you, you want rest in your soul? You want to experience the rest of God? Then you've got to yoke yourself to me. It's not just a matter of acknowledging that I'm there. But I want you to yoke yourself to me. That means I'm right here, you're right here, and we are yoked together so that where I go, you go. When I stop, you stop. When I turn, you turn. What I eat, you eat. Where I graze, you graze. If I don't go, you don't go. If I go, you go. See, when you're yoked, there they are. Now that's a yoke. Right? Now I'm going to talk about the fact that that's an ox and a donkey in a minute. But I just want you to see the yoke. See? See? So when you're yoked together like that, 
when you're yoked together, then one has to follow the other. It is a very personal, intimate thing to be yoked. Now, Jesus said, if, if you want rest in your soul, if you want Christian, can I put it this way? If you want Christianity to work for you, have you ever gotten around Christians? There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no love. They're frustrated. They're all, they, they got this focus. And you wonder, how come Christianity doesn't seem to be working for them? Listen, it won't work until you're yoked. You've got a yoke. And Jesus said, you've got to take the yoke. He said, take my yoke upon you. Yoke yourself with me, next to me. Go where I go, when I go, how I go. Go with me. You're yoked with me. It's personal. It's intimate. It's close. It's tight. It's inseparable. Now, when he said take my yoke, it seems to suggest a trade. Like you're already yoked to something and he's wanting you to give that up so you can take his yoke. Because he said, he didn't just say, Yoke yourself to me, but he said, take my yoke. So I hear in there a swap. He's saying, everybody is yoked to something. See, everybody in this room, you're yoked to something, and all of you watching, you're yoked to something right now. You're yoked to a person, a place, or a thing, you're yoked. Because God made us for connection. God made us to relate. God made us to not walk alone. So we will yoke ourselves to something or someone all throughout life. This is why the Bible talks so much about what you're yoked to or what you ought not to be yoked to. On the negative side, we all know what this means. We can be yoked to self-destructive habits that are hard to stop. We can be yoked to them. We can be yoked to overeating. We can be yoked to gossiping, lying, We can be yoked to debt. Most of us know that feeling, yoked to debt. Man, where it goes, you go. When it stops, you stop. You're yoked to that thing, and you want to be out from under that yoke. We can be yoked to pride. We can be yoked to greed, envy. We can be yoked to pornography. There's so many people getting yoked to Internet pornography these days. And it's a yoke that you want to be freed from. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Swap your yoke for mine. You can be yoked to a wrong relationship where temptation is always staring you in the face. And it's a bad yoking. It's not a good yoking. Jesus says, no, let's swap yokes. You give me yours and I'll give you mine. I want you to take my yoke upon you because you can take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I, I will, I will, you, you're going to find a, a light burden. You're going to find that it's easy. You're going to find that I make life easier and that you have rest on the inside. It'll take wrinkles off your face. It'll do what Max Factor can't do for your face, to have rest on the inside. Max Factor's probably old, isn't it? I need a new one. Tell me a new makeup in between services. But you know what I mean. See, I've noticed that whatever is in here eventually shows out here. And if you're walking in rest in your soul, it'll start showing out here. You look so calm. You look so placid. You look so peaceful. Uh, how did you, how, how come you look so much better? Because I learned about a yoke, the yoke of Jesus. And I took that yoke upon me and it has given me rest in my soul. And now it's showing up on my face, on my countenance and in my life and in my blood pressure and in my medical reports. 
The Bible says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Everybody say stand firm. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, but take his yoke upon you. What we're yoked to or not will decide a whole lot about our future. I'm going to go so far as to say whatever you're yoked to is going to decide your future. If you're yoked to Jesus, I'm going to tell you about your future. From faith to faith, glory to glory, victory to victory, conquering to conquering, and finally heaven. If you're not yoked to Jesus, I don't want to talk about your future. Because it's not good. Jesus said, come unto me. And then take my yoke upon you. It matters what you're yoked to. Paul the apostle said, don't be unequally yoked with those who do not love the Lord. For what do the people of God have in common with the people of sin? How can light live with darkness? And what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? Everybody say none. 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 How can a Christian be a partner with one who doesn't believe? Now, to be clear... The Bible doesn't say we're not to talk to people that don't know Jesus or work with lost people or eat a meal with lost people or else we would have to leave this world. See, life is full, folks, of necessary casual relationships. Life is full of them. I have a lot of casual relationships. Neighbors, people at the store who know me. I've come into the store enough. They know who I am, and we've talked. I mean, you talk to people all the time. It's a casual relationship. You're polite. You you you. Uh, you, you share things, you, you, you talk, you converse, but that's not yoking. Yoking is when there is a commitment and a covenant and you are either married to somebody, that's a yoking, or you are, you have a best friend, a BFF, and you're yoked and where they go, you go, and what they think, you think, and what they eat, you eat, and when they stop, you stop, and when they go, you go, there's a yoking. And the Bible says, be sure that your yoking in life this way is with people that can enhance your faith and help you in your walk. Yoking, not casual, yoking. But now, this is where we come back to Jesus who said, take my yoke upon you. And I want you to look what he said. Learn from me. Learn from me. That's key. Because that's the yoke. Take my yoke upon you and immediately and learn from me. Because a lot of Christians say, I'll say to them, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. All right, let me ask you this question. If you're a Christian, is Jesus your teacher? Well, I don't know. He's my Savior. I got my ticket to fly. But is he your teacher? He was called rabbi. He was called teacher. And he was a teacher. He, it's, they said of him, no man speaks like this man. He didn't just tell us how to get to heaven. He told us how to live on this earth until we go to heaven. And so learn here is from a Greek word meaning to learn key facts. When he said learn from me, he used a word that means key facts. Learn key facts. Keys unlock doors. Keys make it possible for you to walk through a door that you would never have gone through otherwise. Jesus said, what I'm teaching you about life and living are keys. They are key facts. And if you're going to take my yoke upon you, you've got to 
You've got to humble yourself and say, Lord, without your teaching, I am lost. I need your teaching to live victoriously in this life. Learn from me. He's not just my savior. He's my teacher. He's my rabbi. He's my philosopher. He is the one from whom I get my worldview. Everybody say, learn from him. Learn, notice how it's learning from him that, that brings rest to my soul. He said, take my yoke, learn from me, and that's when you're going to find rest for your soul, when you allow me to be your teacher, to be your teacher. Learn from me. Let me teach you and guide you, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, here's why this matters. Follow carefully, because I've learned as a pastor of many years that, that most Western Christianity is messed up with what I'm about to say. We let him be our savior, but then we do not say, well, well, how did he tell me to live? What did he tell me to do? How did he tell me to walk? We don't read the red. And and if we read it, we don't do it. I didn't come to thrash anybody because I've been here myself. But Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and and then humble yourself and learn key facts about living from me. And it's when you learn from me and do what I'm telling you to do, that is when rest comes to your soul. When you learn from me and live the way I told you to live, that is when you find rest for your soul. Romans 12, 1. It says, present, therefore, your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And be not conformed to this world's way of doing and thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How is our mind renewed? Through the word of God, the words of Jesus, the words of the apostles. That's when our minds are renewed. We, we erase and replace. We erase old ways of thinking and doing and replace it with new ways of thinking and doing. And there's a lot of believers who have their ticket to go to heaven, but, but they're not renewing their minds or living the way Jesus taught. And so they're experiencing defeat and they're not walking in rest in their soul. Listen, here's what we learned in the world. We learned unforgiveness, didn't we? Shoot, man, in elementary school, we were holding grudges and having bitterness and having unforgiveness with people in our class who did us wrong, gossiping about them, running them down. We learned to run people down in elementary school, how to slander in elementary school. Uh, Unforgiveness. We learned revenge, didn't we? We learned revenge. We learned revenge before we know Jesus. We we learned self-centeredness. How many of you were self-centered? That's a disease in our culture. We look in the mirror and sing, there is none like you. We got self magazine. We do selfies. We're all about self. Everywhere we go, we take a selfie and, and, and put it on the, uh, Facebook like it's going to be something every, the whole world wants to see because after all, we're so important, aren't we? And, and it's all about the self. We, we learn to live selfishly. Not selflessly, but selfishly. This is the way our brain is trained in the world. We learn to hate other people. We learn to worship things that are not the true God. 
We learn all kinds of things in our brains that are wrong. And then we come to Jesus and he says, take my yoke upon, upon you, but now let me teach you. Let me renew you. Let me retrain your brain. Let me put truth in your mind. Let me teach you. Let me be your rabbi, your teacher. When we, will, uh, when we yoke up with Jesus, his teaching sets us free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Not just that he's Savior, but his teaching, folks, his teaching is what sets us free. Is he your teacher? His, teach, his teaching is what sets us free. You will know progressively the truth, and progressively the truth will progressively set you free. We learn how to, from him how to forgive. We learn how to walk in love. We learn how to live for others and not just ourselves. We learn to worship the true God. We learn not to worry. Four times in the Sermon on the Mount alone, he says, don't worry, don't worry. And he gives us reasons how, how and why not to worry. His teaching sets us free. If we will do what Jesus said, it will set us progressively more and more free. Walking with Jesus is a freedom campaign that never ends. One more powerful truth and I'll close. Is Jesus your teacher today? Is he your teacher? Is he your teacher? When you see something he said to do, do you bow to it, yoke yourself to it, and say, this is what he taught. I'm yoked to him, so I'm going to do it. I don't know better. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it always leads to death. I'm humbling myself before God. Lord, I need a teacher to show me how to do life. And so when you say forgive somebody, then then I put that yoke on me and I say that I must forgive because that's what Jesus taught. All right, that's an, an example. But here's one more powerful truth. In the Old Testament, God commanded his people, do not plow with an ox and a donkey. Let's put it up there again. Do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Now, did you know that's in the Bible? In the Old Testament, God said, don't yoke together an ox and a donkey. Don't do it. Why? Because they are two completely different natures. They are not the same at all. The donkey thinks like a donkey, walks like a donkey, talks like a donkey, brays like a donkey, and is a donkey. The ox, totally different And so the Bible, way back in the Old Testament, was giving us a spiritual truth for today. Don't yoke two things of completely different natures. In the Old Testament, the donkey was unclean and the ox was clean. But listen, it was also God's mercy on the ox when God commanded his people never yoke a donkey and an ox together, it was God's mercy on the ox because when two animals are yoked together, the stronger of the two always carries the burden. So it wasn't fair because the ox was way stronger than the donkey. And so the ox would end up doing all the work and the donkey would skate. Some of you have worked with people like that before. I can see it on your face. Now, the ox will eventually become exhausted and maybe even injured. But there's a positive side to this. When Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light, he's saying he's strong enough. He's the ox. He's strong enough to do the work and carry the burden for the both of us. That's what he was telling us. If you yoke up to me, you're going to find that my yoke is easy on you 
and the burden on you is light because I'm the ox in this thing and I'm going to carry all the weight. And he's got the strength to carry all the burden and all the weight and all the trouble. This is why he promises that when we're yoked to him, we will find rest for our souls because Jesus, the ox, is carrying the burden. Amen? Now I'm going to close with giving you three ways he carried it quickly. Here we go. Jesus carried the weight of your sins on the cross. Jesus carried it. Because we could not carry it. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 24, he personally carried the load. There's the ox. The load of our sins in his own body when he died on the cross so that we can be finished with sin and live a good life from now on. Notice the first words. He personally carried the load. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed somebody to wash my sin away. And when Jesus was nailed to that cross, hear me, everybody, your sins were there. My sins were there. Your sins and my sins put him there. The sins of the entire race, human race, were put on him. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And Jesus, the ox, carried the weight of our sin on the old wooden tree. His blood ran down that cross and he took the blame. He took the rap for your sins and mine because we could not carry our sins, not for a moment, but Jesus carried them all the way to forgiveness. As far as the East is from the West, he took our sins on himself. If you're glad for that, thank him. Amen. So if you're weighted down with your sins, come unto him. Take his yoke upon you because he already carried the weight of your sins for you. Second, he carries our burdens. Cast your cares and burdens onto the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. He carries our burdens. When we yoke up to him, he says, I'm strong. I'm the ox. Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you, and I will carry your burdens for you. And if we go to the place in a prayer, everybody, and we do what the Bible says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Give him your petitions and thank him after you're done in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Give him your request and the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. That means Jesus, right then and there, took the burden you could not carry because he's the ox when we're yoked to him. Amen? Last thing, he carries our painful past, and he turns our lives around. The Bible says, is your life a mess? Have you ruined it? Have you messed up, made all kinds of bad decisions? Is your life a pile of ashes? Have you made so many painful decisions that you don't see any way out? What do you do? He says, come unto him. Take his yoke upon you and learn from him how to live and do what he taught us to do. And he will give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and praise in the place of depression. That's what Jesus does because he's the ox in the yoke and we're not. Amen? Can we stand together today? How many of you are glad he's the ox and we're not? You know, it's hard sometimes to do what Jesus said. Forgiveness. 
somebody wrongs you, does you dirty, stabs you in the back. That's probably happened to at least two of you in here. They stabbed you in the back, wronged you, hurt you, and you're surprised that God has not caused them to be struck by lightning in a storm yet. And if you were God, they wouldn't be here anymore because you would have seen to it that lightning struck them in a storm. But here comes Jesus, and he says, I want you to do good to them that hate you. What? I want you to pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. I want you to bless those that curse you. Lord, are you crazy? No, that's my yoke. That's how I want you to handle people in your life that hurt you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Do it, and you're going to find rest for your soul. You know what a burden unforgiveness is? Do you know what a burden bitterness is? When you're in the yoke of bitterness, you go where it wants you to go. You're no longer defined by Jesus. You're defined by what they did to you. And you get with somebody for five minutes. They hear all about what they did to you, what he did to you, she did to you, because you're living in a yoke of bitterness. Jesus said, let's swap yokes. Take my yoke upon you. Take mine. Forgive them, like I said, and the minute you let them go, you're going to find rest for your soul. That's the way it works. One little example. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you bring rest. If we take your yoke upon us and submit to you as our teacher and do what you said, then, Lord, we walk with rest in our soul. And, Lord, in Jesus' name, we need that rest today. Now, if you're here today and and there is something you need to give to Jesus, how many of you with heads bowed could say, Pastor Jeff, I need to swap yokes. I need to swap yokes in some area of my life. I need to swap yokes and put on Jesus' yoke and submit to his teaching and do what he said and get rest for my soul. I, I need to do a yoke swapping today. If that's you, would you raise your hand up? I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna see a lot of people, many of you. And I know exactly what it feels like. We're going to do it. Let's just say together, Jesus, I give to you the yoke that has been around my neck, that has led me where you would not lead me. And Lord, I give that yoke to you. And I take your yoke upon me. And I learn from you. And I will do what you have said. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now let's just thank him. Lead us in a chorus. Can you, Carlito? Just one chorus. And let's sing to the Lord and let him minister to us. Yes, sing it, everyone. Now lift my voice.
talking to a lady this week who has a, a yoke of alcohol around her neck. And she was telling me, Pastor Jeff, I try and I try and I'll lay it down and I always end up picking it back up. And so I began to talk to her about the yoke. Because once you're in that yoke, you're in that yoke. Amen? They're not coming out of what you just saw. They're yoked. Once you yoke yourself to Jesus, powerful things begin to happen. He's not just a someday going to heaven savior. He's your teacher, your deliverer, your healer, your restorer. And he's the one that wants to be yoked with you in life. And I minister to her along those lines. And I'm believing that she's going to be free because alcohol is a yoke. Drugs are a yoke. Porn's a yoke. A wrong relationship is a yoke. And, and the Lord will grace you to swap. Amen? He will. He will.